This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse May Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary, a deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy, how hard it is to make it in this biz. I'm a fucking professional. I talk about my dog sometimes. Each week it's something different. Sometimes I have a guest host. Sometimes it's going to be a movie companion episode. Sometimes I just ramble about the bullshit I dealt with the week before. You never know what you're going to get. It's raw, uncut, and funny. It's me. Welcome, boys, girls, men, and women to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. However you identify, unicorns, squatches, especially if you're a squatch, seriously welcome to the pod. It's a Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Paluso, host with the least and the most. I've got it all and nothing. Oh shit, my fanny pack just fell on the floor. (laughs) I am back in LA. That's why my voice is a little strained, a little tired. I was in the mall, not Mall of America, West Edmonton Mall. Where the fuck was I? Canada. I just got back from Canada, Alberta, Canada. I did the West Edmonton Mall all weekend at Rick Bronson's comic strip with my comedy brother, Marty Caproni, who will be on the pod next week. And we we went a little crazy, went a little crazy. Well, I didn't. Actually, I was an old lady, but Marty drank uh, enough scotch to basically become um, uh, an author. (laughs) He's now an author. He is Walt Whitman. That's what happened to him over the weekend. He became a very old author, Bukowski, if you will. We had a great time. Thanks to everybody who came out. Uh, Show's coming up. I will be in LA this week. I'm at the Comedy Store Tuesday, October 8th at 10.30. I'll be at Laugh Factory at 9.30. I realize I said those times backwards, but hey, like I said, I am exhausted. It's Monday, bitch. October 8th, I'm going to be on Getting Dug With High. I don't know when that will air, but we're recording it. I'm also going to be at the Laugh Factory. 9.30 show. Comedy Store, 10.30 show. Weeds Day is on Wednesday the 9th. That'll be at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard. So watch that. If you don't know what the fuck Weeds Day is, it's when I get high on a live broadcast on Instagram and Facebook Live, and I also advocate and raise money and charity for the Alzheimer's disease that took my fucking father. I raise money for Hilarity for Charity, Seth Rogen's charity that helps caregivers, gives them some grants so they can help their family members struggling with the disease, and also Alzheimer's Association, which raises awareness for the disease as well. That's Weeds Day every Wednesday. 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard on Instagram and Facebook, bitch. L.A., October 10th, this Thursday, I'll be at Flappers Comedy Club, 8 p.m. Fun show. My friend Leo Flowers, my friend Candace Thompson, my friend Kalia McNeil will all be there. Fun, fun show. Come out. Have a good time. Laugh. Get, Get over some trauma. Maybe just bring your girlfriend, bring your boyfriend, bring your nanny. That's weird. Do whatever you want to do. Bring whoever you want. Come out and have a good time with us. One show, one night only, Flappers Comedy Club, the 10th of October. And then I'm going to be coming to the Mall of America, guys. 
comic strip in the Mall of America, October 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th. Come through Mall of America, Rick Bronson's house. Is it, a, is it the comic strip? I think it's a comic strip or house of comedy, whatever the fuck the comedy club is called in the Mall of America. There's only one, one and only. It's Rick Bronson's. Go to it. 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th. The 23rd, one night only, Funny Bone Columbus. Bring your funny bone. Let's, let's yuck yuck together. Wittenberg University on the 24th of October. Then I'm coming through thick, thick to Cleveland. Cleveland Hilarities, 25th, 26th, and 27th of October. And then I'm going to be rounding out November first weekend at the Comedy Loft in D.C. So plenty of dates, plenty of opportunities in cities to see me live. jessiemay.com for tickets. Please come out. Check out Weeds Day. That's on my Instagram page and my Facebook page. That's a free broadcast. Blaze up with me. We, We blaze up and raise up. That's how we do. That is how we do. Yo, something really, speaking of how people do, something really rude happened on the plane this morning. Tell me if I'm being an asshole, if I was sensitive. So I'm in first class, humble brag, but you know, your girl's traveling. And they serve us breakfast. I have to say WestJet food is delicious. Some of the most delicious food I have had on a plane ever. And that's saying a lot because that food tastes like monkey paw. That food tastes like someone ate it and shit it out, and then they reheated it and tried to make it into a shit sandwich. Airline, airline, airplane food is so terrible. This dude was eating his breakfast across the aisle from me. He spilled half of his breakfast on the floor, didn't even pick it up. Didn't pick it up. Didn't look to clean it up. Now tell me that's not some rude shit, just leaving your egg all on the floor. I realize you're in first class, but have some goddamn class if you're going to be in first class. I think that's, that should just be, should go without saying. No? I kept giving him evil side eyes the whole flight. <laughs> like, dude, seriously, the stewardess and, and flight attendant, whatever we're calling them now so people aren't triggered, they've got to clean it? That's not fair. That's not fair. You're a sloppy motherfucker. And he had bad shoes. I should have known. Never trust a dude with bad shoes who spills egg in first class. Man, I should have said something. Now I'm really regretting it. And now I'm really regretting it. Next time, I'm going to say something. If you see something, say something. They say that about suspicious activity in bags. It should also be about asshole people. See something, say something. <laughs> so next time, you guys have to do it for me. I'm going to live through you vicariously. If you see someone who's a slob, who what they do is going to cause somebody else's job to be difficult, say something. Be like, hey, dude, in the terrible shoes, pick up your egg. Don't be a fucking asshole, okay? Don't, don't, just don't, don't do it. <laughs> oh, my Lord. It was a fun weekend, though. I had a good time in Canada. I tried to not shop. It's in a mall. It's always so hard when you do gigs in malls to not spend all your freaking money back into the mall. And they have a like a water, like a little lake in the middle of the mall, which is really weird because there's a seal in it, which is unnecessary. Look, if you people want to see seals and whales, go out in the ocean. There should be some risk to your curiosity. We shouldn't be able just to look at them in zoos and in weird water parks with weird middle lakes in the middle of a mall. Poor Andre, the seal, he's got to live in a mall his whole life. Maybe he likes it. Maybe I'm projecting. Maybe his life in the ocean wasn't that great, all that freedom. And he basically went from a mansion to a studio apartment. <laughs> that poor bastard. Did you guys see the woman, speaking of zoos, the woman who went in the lion's exhibit, the lion enclosure at that zoo and was waving at it? Look, if that is not a commercial on how you should not be doing severe drugs like meth and all, all those other terrible drugs, heroin, cocaine. I don't know if cocaine would make you go into a lion enclosure at the zoo. It, it might make you go in there and just pitch really bad ideas, really bad inventions to the lion. You might, you might make the lion attack you just because it's sick of hearing your terrible ideas <laughs> if you're on cocaine. That, that's what we should do. We should have zoos not filled with animals, filled with terrible people. 
where we can point at them and ridicule them. Dude with the bad shoes is dropping eggs. And also, there should be a zoo filled with people doing drugs, so you have to watch them on the drug first to see if you want to do the drug yourself. It should just be like a drug zoo where you go and look at an enclosure of teenagers on Molly at a wave rave, also was in the mall this weekend. You just look at them and see how they're dancing and dry humping and wearing full body fishnets and decide if you want to do Molly. You know, at least shop the product a little bit. (laughs) Get out there and shop the product. (laughs) I, I hope you guys come out, come out and see me live. I'm a fun fucking time. I'm really enjoying comedy right now. I'm, I'm, I'm not that I haven't always loved it, but we're having a fun time on stage right now. So uh, speaking of having a fun time, this next guest was on the podcast before, but our interview was cut short because of time, time, time constraints. I was going to say time constraints. Oh my God, I have dyslexia. I need a nap. The podcast was shorter before because we both had time constraints. So I was lucky enough to have him back on. He is a fellow member of the Dead Dads Club. We recorded on my father's birthday. We talked about all things dead dad and beyond and how to handle grief. So I hope you guys enjoy this interview with a very funny, very talented, and always smiling Mr. Eric Rivera. Welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. With me, the very talented, beautiful... And always smiling, Eric Rivera. Thank you. You like that? I like the compliments up top. Well, I just think that's that it describes you. I have to call you more often. You should call me. I'm very positive. I know. It's mainly fueled by coffee and weed, but... (laughs) Unless I'm wearing glasses, then you just come at me. But other than that, thank you. If you're wearing glasses, I'd have nothing to say to you. What, what, um... (laughs) Katie, she just shook me today. I wish we had a camera on her. She really looks like... Uh, you look like a Halloween costume. <laughs> are you going to dress up for Halloween? Uh, we are. We're, we're we? talking about that. Yeah, because I have kids, so it's a family oh, man. affair. It's wow. A family thing. Like last year, we were the Ghostbusters. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. So me, my wife, and uh, my six-year-old had proton packs, the whole thing. And then the baby <laughs> was the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then the year before that, we were superheroes. Which superheroes? Uh, I was Superman, my oldest was Batman, the little guy was Robin, and then my wife was Wonder Woman, uh, which made me laugh because I didn't realize how uh, scantily clad all female superheroes are. Oh, yeah, are. They're, everything's sexy. There's, <laughs> once I saw a sexy baby, I was done with Halloween. Yeah, because yeah, like, he was like, oh, let's dress up and go to my school. And my wife was like, all right, let's go look at costumes. She's like... I'm going to look slutty in all of these. I was so like, are the teachers. I was like, yep, yes, you are. <laughs> I guess that's just the woman's go-to is just slut it up. Yeah. yeah. Sexy shark. Yeah. You know what I mean? sexy. Yeah. Sexy AIDS needle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if there's any disease that needs to be sexed up, it's AIDS. <laughs> so, so I think this year we're doing Harry Potter. I think that's what my old, because he, he picks the costume. It's him. He who's going to be Harry Potter? He is, of course. Yeah, little bastard. Yeah, he gets the good costume. And, and then... so who are you going to be? you got to be the dude with no nose. What's that guy's name? Oh, uh, Voldemort. Yeah. yeah. I love that dude. Okay. I like that flat face. <laughs> Something about it is neat to me. Okay. Yeah. You're not selling this. <laughs> <laughs> He's got no nose, flat face. you got to be him. I know. Well, I just I like either a really strong beak uh-huh. or a flat face. Okay. Yeah. Just uh-huh. from like an aesthetic yeah. standpoint. So. A nice either flat profile or you got a good beak. It looks like you can sniff out crime. <laughs> Those are two extremes. There's nothing in between with you. No, there's nothing. It's Giant either. schnoz or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> nothing in between. All right. Are you guys going to go trick-or-treating? Of course. Yeah. We we usually uh, we used to come to the west side of Santa Monica. Is that where the good candy is? Yeah. We got if the good go, candy. If you go to like Montana and 16th. <laughs> They have, like, they legit go all out. They get the big sizes? They get the big sizes. People, because they work in the industry, yeah. like, go all out with their houses, like, decorating them. Do you remember that as a kid, like, you'd go to the house where, like, the lady, I don't know if you ever had this, but when I was a kid, there was a lady who used to wrap up individual packages of five cents. No. So she where, would. <laughs> where'd you trick or treat? 
down in Skid Row. No, it was in upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And it was on Burdick Ave on the north side of Syracuse, New York. And this woman would tinfoil wrap five pennies. And she'd mu- she wrapped like a couple hundred of them. And she used to hand them out to the kids. And then the kids come back and just chuck them at her house? Yes. <laughs> we would chuck did. them at her. You should have. That's <laughs> awful. Isn't that weird? Five pennies? Five pennies. No. Me and my mom, like, so my mom would take us to, we lived in New Rochelle. She would, we would drive up to Greenwich. Because the way she put it, the white people had the nice candy. Yeah. The good houses had the nice yeah, candy. Yeah, they had the would big go. candy and bars. we'd run around and get the good candy yeah yeah you don't want like you don't want fix you want twix yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah you don't want that bootleg candy you can't get bootleg candy no you don't want dollar store candy you don't want you don't want twickers (laughs) two musketeers they couldn't afford the third one uh (laughs) so yeah There's only one. He's, blow me pops, yeah. and it's just a guy with his dick out. It's not even a real candy. It's just some dude you have to blow. Yeah. <laughs> that made me laugh way too hard. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, we would get the good candy, but then one year she was working, and she couldn't take me trick-or-treating, so my dad took me trick-or-treating. Was and that bad? This was bad because my dad, like, that wasn't his thing, and my dad drank a lot, so he, he ended <laughs> he up- He sounds like, gr- like a great trick-or-treating partner. He ended partner. up taking me to bars. We, I ended up bar hopping <laughs> with my dad, and the bars would give me money. And That's great. Like, <laughs> and, like, just, if they had, like, bar, beer nuts and stuff, like, I, so I had a bag full of, like, cash, like, legit dollar bills and stuff, and, like, beer nuts and pretzels. <laughs> My mom was so pissed. Like, what the hell? You came back smelling like cigarettes. Yeah. You were tipsy. He was like, he had a great Halloween. I made like 60 bucks. I was like, this is the best Halloween ever. I made cash. Why would your mom just let your dad take you? Didn't she know what the situation was? Well, because she had to work and she she usually did it. Like, she would dress up and take me trick-or-treating and we'd have fun and candy and stuff. Yeah. But that year she had to work. So she's like, hey. Don't mess this up. You gotta take him. And he's like, "All right." It's like we're going to the bar, kid. <laughs> I, think, I don't yeah. know why your dad sounds like that in my head. <laughs> Just the fact that he drinks. Well, let's go. We're going to Shifties. Yeah. What was the name of the bar? There was different bars. It was like Shooters. There was a place called Piero's. Yeah, like all these goofy little bars. But I think we went to one house, and he was just like, "Oh, I'm not doing this." <laughs> and he was like, "Hey, let's go over here." And he took me and made cash. What was your dad's name? Peter. Peter. Yeah. Yeah. You know, this is our, our dead dad special. Yeah, you're I the, saw you're it. the I first. Saw, <laughs> I saw you tweeted it. I was like, dead dad ah. trilogy special. <laughs> it's a trilogy. Because <laughs> uh, it's my father's birthday today. Oh. It's his first birthday with him being dead. Yeah. And your father's been passed for. It's going to be, it's coming up on three years. Three years. Yeah. And so do you remember the first birthday without him, yours and his birthday? I remember his because my mom called me and it was like the sad, like, how you doing? I'm okay. And I was like, oh, boy. It was your mom? Like, yeah, she was just like <laughs> oh, broken up about said, it. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah, because it was like, uh, I was like, you need to get out. I was trying to get her to do stuff and not just, it's hard because you you want to sit down and like sort of dwell in it. Yeah, you want it, which is okay to do. Which is I okay think. to do, yeah. But it's, it's also hard because like my mom was that person that'll just keep. Like, I'm going to dwell in it, and oh, on top of it, you know what? I'm going to go through a photo album. It's like, no, like don't do this to yourself. Like, she likes to double down. Yeah, she likes to double down on the grief. Yeah, I'm going to lay in his clothes and look at a photo (laughs) album. It's like, why? Stop. You can listen. You can remember him, but don't start adding more to it. I'm in his flannel, hon. Yeah. And we're looking at photos. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm smelling his favorite drink, and like, stop. You got to go. You got to go out and do something. What for you, like, what helped you deal with his first birthday with him not being around? Or was it not that difficult for you? It was, uh, I had, I, I, I go back and forth because me and him didn't have, like, we had, a, we had a good relationship, but it was, like, tricky. Because in the beginning, like, so me and my sister have two, uh, we have, we, it was two separate dads. It was, like, before... You know, the he, same dad, but you had two, it two eras. It's two eras. So it's like <laughs> two a, Peter. Er- <laughs> it's like two Peter eras. Pre-church and post-church. Oh man, so you like, got post-church I got, dad. I got pre-church. Oh, you did. I got alcoholic dad. I got oh. abusive dad. I got. I'm gonna hit you with a belt, dad. Wow, and my fun sister, dad. Yeah, and my. <laughs> I got volatile dad. Like, I remember him. Like, you know, that's the dad I got. And then my little sister got, I've been saved and, uh, you know, nonviolent dad. And, you know, mom runs the house kind of dad now. My sister got nonviolent. 
have? Yeah. Pilot <laughs> she dad. Got, yeah, she got, you know, I'm going to go out and save the world, dad. Coming to NBC this fall. Yeah, good dad. Non-pilot yeah, dad. That's who she got. So. Oh, man. Did you resent her for that? Uh, no, you know, I, it's not her fault. But, well, it is. I, this is what this podcast is about, and but, it's about your sister's fault. It's all her fault. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's, it's funny because we do sit down and talk about dad, and it's like, oh, yeah, no, 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 dad, that's not who he was. He did this stuff. And that's she, so wild because yeah. what's the di- age difference between you and your sister? We're nine years apart. So you, uh, two totally different experiences growing yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And your mother, was she the consistent factor in your life? Was she non-wavering, or did she also have B, uh, BJ no. and AJ, no. which is before Jesus and <laughs> yeah, after Jesus? Yeah, BJ mom. <laughs> <laughs> BJ mom. No, uh, that's weird. no. she was always, she was pretty consistent. Like, the one thing I do remember about her, and I hope my sister doesn't hear this, because I don't think she even knows. Like, I remember my mom. She's actually on a live feed <laughs> yeah, right she, now. This is all for her. <laughs> Uh, my mom used to smoke cigarettes. That's like the most I ever remember my mother doing. Like for the most part, she didn't go out and party like my dad did. She didn't go out and bar wow. hop. But like I do remember her smoking cigarettes. And then she got pregnant with my little sister, and then she she just quit, and that was it. Wow! Like that was the worst thing I ever. Saw my, my mom do. started when I when she got pregnant with me. <laughs> Sorry, Nance. <Yeah. laughs> She's like, oh yeah, I used to smoke all the time when you were in there growing. Oh great, cool. <laughs> yeah, back then it was healthy. To do yeah, that. they like prescribed it. Oh, yeah. I'm stressed. I'm pregnant. Yeah. Take take a cigarette. Take a cigarette in the morning yeah. and two in the afternoon. It helps with the growth. Yeah, it helps yeah. with the growth for yeah. sure. It'll help you deal with the pain. Right. Well, that's good that you had your mom who was you know pretty it sounds like she had a straight head on her shoulders and she yeah. stayed with your dad through his alcoholism she stayed, well, there was a moment they almost split and then that i remember that too like so that's it's always funny like when me and my sister sit down and remember dad it's like oh you don't remember that stuff okay, yeah i do <laughs> what was the moment where they where they almost split what was the the last straw for your mom so i was in second grade and my dad's drinking just got out of control as as it always does like as much as you try to hide it and try to keep it under wraps it doesn't it yeah. gets out and you know he was just with work and at home and like always just drunk all the time and my mom just i think she had bailed him out of jail a couple times Ugh. and it just it was one of those things where i think she just had had enough and she was like hey we're either fixing this or i'm out and then you know for a while we were alone she he lived on the other side of town he had his own little studio apartment where like a bunch of just sad dads. <laughs> sad lived. dads yeah. lived in the studio like a apartment. Sad dad complex. <laughs> it's like a like a residence in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sad dad complex. Also coming out on NBC. <laughs> sad dad. <laughs> and then um then a couple weeks later he just showed up and he was just like ultra religious. Oh whoa. And my mother and I were just like like at first it's like that New York thing where you're like this is a scam. You're like, wait a minute. Something mm. smells off. Yeah, something's not right. Yeah. But th- that's who he was. And then after that, it was just like he wouldn't even, if it was uh, like a drop of alcohol. Like I remember New Year's Eve things, like he wouldn't drink the champagne. It was nothing. Ginger- nothing. He was sober after that. Sober after was that. Was it something he discovered through the 12-step program? Was it even linked to AA? I don't think he went to AA. I think wow. it was just extreme Christianity. <laughs> yeah like he just do- dove in head first and that was it that's amazing yeah. because i do know on the 12-step program that they it's uh, people debate that it's replacing the the addiction with religion right but i mean i would i think god is probably better than a crack pipe right no of course for the most I, part <laughs> you know <laughs> how's that not a t-shirt god is better than a crack pipe <laughs> How's that? <laughs> Religious science with Jesse May. <laughs> God's got to be better than a crack pipe, right? right? <laughs> and then did it, it must have been strange. Like, did a part of you miss your drunk dad? Well, I, I, I will say drunk dad. <laughs> Coming out was, on NBC this Was fun because he would do stuff that I was just like, what? Like, I remember there was times, like, at one time he got pulled over by the cops for driving he wasn't drunk at the time but the cop gave him a ticket for something and i just remember my dad ripping the ticket up in front of him tossing it out the window and the dude was like what are you what are you doing that's kind of great wrote him another ticket he goes hey man you rip this one up throw it out i'm gonna arrest you and my dad ripped it up and (gasps) threw it on the dashboard and the guy was like get out of the car he goes no no you said if i threw it out the window have a good one and he took off (laughs) and i was just like oh my dad's badass dad is badass and then you were in the car? I was in the car. 
And I, I witnessed you? the whole thing. I was like maybe nine. Wow. Yeah. And, and did the cop follow you? No. Whoa. My dad just punked him out right there. And I was That's like, amazing. Dad's bad. Yeah. Like, he's so cool. That's badass. And then after found Jesus, it was a totally different dad. Just wow. Very law-abiding and never spoke back. And I was like, oh, okay. Did you, Were you able to... Did your relationship with him change after your father found religion? A little. It, it did. It changed a lot. Like, um, for the longest time... I remember wanting to be like my dad, and then once he found religion and he sort of changed, uh, it was kind of a weird, like that's why I say like me and him, uh, our relationship was weird. It was like you know I I loved him, but it was at the on the back end it was hard because I sort of I don't want to say I lost respect from because that's just a weird thing to say, but you it, can say that we didn't really get along as much, right? Because a lot of it too is like. I, I always got upset with him because I, I, you know, you watch those movies and there's always that scene where the dad and son bond and there's that like, hey, that son. great moment. Those great moments. Yeah. And I never got that great moment of even like when talking about like when you, you asked me like, oh, what changed? And I was like, oh, my mom, I think bailed him out of church. I don't know the full story yeah. of his past. And he never cared to share it with me. Like there must have been some sort of catalyst, a driving force or a reason for his addiction. Yeah. And his alcoholism. And, and you don't lot, know that? There's a lot of stuff about his life that I, I have bits and pieces of. Like I know his father left the picture at some point. Right. I don't know at what age. I don't know how that affected him because he never shared that with me because he grew up in the time of you don't, you don't share, share your feelings or emotions. Nope. My dad did too. Which is hilarious because what we do for a living, like All we, we verbal talk diarrhea, <laughs> blah, I'm going to tell you everything. <laughs> and that's how I am with my kids. I'm like, you, you're going to know everything. <laughs> and then you look back and you're like, wait, why didn't my dad tell me anything? Yeah, my dad told me nothing. So like, yeah, I, I, I know bits and pieces. Like I, I know his dad split the picture and might might or might not be alive to this day. I don't know. Uh, Your grandfather? My my actual grandfather. Like so, he I may be alive. He might be. I don't know. Well, here he is. <laughs> here he is. He's ninety one years old. He uh, just comes strolling yeah. in. Uh, throughout my life, I had guys showing up to my house that claimed to be my uncles because. My grandfather kept spreading his seed in Puerto Rico. So guys would show up to the house like, I'm your uncle. Spreading <laughs> like, his seed yeah, in Puerto Rico. Yeah, apparently he had... High memoir title. <laughs> yeah, apparently he had <laughs> countless wives and kids. Oh my so Lord. So they would pop up. So there's Literally. A, there's a lot I don't know about my dad's life. Like I know, you know, I, I know he had trouble with the law. I don't know how many times he was arrested. Uh, I know there was other there was hardcore drugs he did, but that's through cousins going. Oh, nah, never mind. I'm not gonna tell right. you. And it's like I'd kind of like to know that story. Well, it would it would give you some sort of leverage and uh, an understanding. Yeah. For you know his decisions. Yeah. And in how his life went in the direction it went, and right. then why he found religion. Yeah. And and even towards the end, like, I remember when he was in hospice, like, I sat with him and, like, hey, man, I'd love to know you. I'd love to know something about you. You said that to him. I told him. I, 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 I had that moment for myself of going, I'd love to know more about you. I'd love to know more about your life. You know, I know a relationship hasn't been the greatest because, you know, now I'm dealing with this crossroads of I know our time is over, but I still don't know you. And I'd love That's to. That's so wild. And it was just one of those things where... Even that, he was just like, uh, he didn't share anything even in that moment. No, because my that must. Have, well, what did that feel like? What did that do to you? For me, like for the longest time, I was angry because I didn't know him. Like even talking to my mother, because you know, once you get to to that, you you know, you're you're the back end of it. You know what's happening. My mom started setting up arrangements for funeral and whatnot. Right, and he was sick with Parkinson's. Sick with Parkinson's, and, and I what age did he pass? Um. Three years ago, he was like 67. Right. Yeah. So pretty young. Yeah. So, and I remember my mother going, hey, I'd love for you to do the eulogy. You? Yeah. And I remember sitting there and just, that's when it all started. That's when I started really getting angry because it's like, I don't know this guy. Like, wow. I, and it's your dad. I know the guy that that raised me. I know him as that role, but I don't know him. You know? Like, I don't know what got him up in the morning every morning. I don't know what made him tick. I don't know what made him do the things he did and it was one of those things i wanted to know you know i've you know you, you go, it's your you father know. you're it the son curious. there's a unique like, bond i know my mother's have. story yeah. i know she came over at 19 and like what got her going and what keeps her going but my father i was like i don't 
really know you now, and I'd like to know you. So me being able to tell him that, for me, was a weight off my shoulders because I was like, at least I know it's not on me. Yeah, and you know that you made the attempt and that uh, you're capable of putting yourself in that position with somebody you love to make that connection. Yeah. And and almost in his non-response, you've gotten an answer. Right. That... His his inability to communicate, or his, his in, what was his inability to communicate, was probably a big factor in how he got himself into addiction, and mm-hmm. you know his standoff. Was he standoffish from you guys? Was he like he was just quiet? Like yeah. I remember when my wife first met him, I warned her. Like I always like anytime I brought a girl over, I'd warn them like, "Hey, listen, <laughs> you can sit next to my dad." He's not going to say a thing to you. Nothing? He, he wouldn't sit, ask anything. He'll just sit there and and not say anything. And then and I'm like, and you're going to leave going, I don't think he liked me. But he did because he sat there. Like if Wow. He, if he talks to you, that's great. But if he doesn't, don't take offense to it because that's just who he is. And sure enough, he would sit there sometimes and not say a word. Wow. Once in a while, he'd start breaking open and like little bits, little jokes here and there. Like that was his thing. And then just quiet. Like that's who he was. He was so no very... inqu- inquiries, no questions. No, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't chatty. He wasn't like, Hey, so where are you from? Oh, this weather. Like that was never him. He was always just this quiet guy. And the more you got around him, then he'd start cracking jokes here and there. And right. Saying little things, but never a full, like you would never leave like, man, that guy talked my ear off. <laughs> Well, even jokes are sort of a deflection from connection almost. Yeah. Because it's still a layer. It's yeah. still a protective layer. Yeah. You know, it's it's not really, you're not divulging anything. Right. And you're not inquiring anything. Yeah. You're just leaving something in the middle for everyone. You're right. not really, there's not an exchange really going on. Yeah. No. My, my dad used to talk to everyone. See, I would have loved that because then I would have gotten something. You You couldn't get shit done. <laughs> <laughs> this dude would talk to every oh so where are you from how you doing sweetheart he'd flirt with everybody first uh-huh. of all he called boobs kajoggers i don't i don't understand it great one kajoggers kajoggers how do you spell that with a I, i'm not K? sure i think it's just a bunch of noises i don't even think <laughs> there's letters <laughs> to describe it he would he would spot boobs when we were driving from like miles away like he had like a eagle's eye for uh-huh. tit and you go, and just under his breath, not just totally forgetting that I'm in the car. Oh, look at those joggers. It's like, D- Dad, Dad, that's someone's mother. That is someone's daughter. Like, what are you? <laughs> He's a connoisseur. He a, was. A Kajaga connoisseur. God, he was insatiable for women. He, I remember um, one of the last times him and I had lunch together when he was in uh, his memory care facility, and it was a feat to get him out to go to lunch. Mm-hmm. Because of physical struggles, mental struggles, because he had Alzheimer's, and y- you know that because we've mm-hmm. ta- we've talked about this before, but it felt so good to get him out to this lunch spot that we went to. He wanted Italian; that was the mm-hmm. only thing that he wanted to eat ever. Right. There was no other cuisine in his mind. <laughs> it was either like steak or Italian; those right. were the two options. And so we eat, and we well, we sit down, and the waitress comes over. Okay, this is like the first person we're seeing in this restaurant. I get him seated, and she comes over, and she's like well, what can I get you? And he goes, well, I'll take you. (laughs) (laughs) He's like 81 years old. Love it. Just, you know, he's riddled with Alzheimer's. The dude can barely sit still because he's in so much, like, discomfort. And he's still flirting with the fucking waitress who's like... 50 years younger than him. Uh-huh. He's still thinking he's got a shot. That's awesome. It was just, it, and then like on the way out, there's this like woman, older woman, and he's like, oh, hey, pretty good looking. You're uh-huh. good. How you doing? I'm like, dad, yeah. it, we, it's just like gotta, no you, woman left behind. You got to shoot your shot. <laughs> you got to. <laughs> so that was the, you know, my dad spoke to everybody, but uh, it was flirting right, <laughs> with right. all the women. Yeah. <laughs> See, I would have taken that. Like my dad, like I remember towards the end we would have phone call conversations and the phone call conversation was the same every time like my wife was like oh your dad called yeah what you guys talk about we talked about the knicks talked about the weather and then he said i'm gonna go get your mom really that was it that was how it. long were the conversations not long he he hated being on the phone he was not that guy like his his mother when she was alive would call the house from puerto rico He'd talk to him maybe two minutes, and then he'd be like, hold on, the kids want to say hi to you. And me and my sister are like, we don't want to say hi to this woman. We don't, that's not a, we don't want to talk to her. Why would you put her on the phone? <laughs> it's two minutes. He barely spoke. And what do you, 
how has it affected you that you feel that you haven't had this connection with your father? How do you think it's changed your life? I think, well, I, number one, f- with my kids, I'm doing the exact opposite. Yeah. I'm over the top. My wife's always like, all right, you got it take it down a notch. <laughs> like how like how because like i'm just overly affectionate with them i'm like Aww. overly like i talk to them and like my son I, at six knows more than he should know is he like, expressive and emotional yeah yeah he's, i love when boys are like are, are taught and encouraged to access their emotions oh yeah i think that's a beautiful thing yeah, like i just, I just less serial killers I in just the world went on the road and when i come home like both of them tell me they miss me and like oh. big hugs and i'm like yeah because yeah, like that's i didn't have that so i'm like we're gonna do that absolutely you know? especially i think it's so important to instill that in boys mm-hmm. i feel like society you know whatever your dad experienced to uh influence him enough to have addiction issues society plays a role in that right I, I, especially where your father's from and where he grew up right. like that's you know that influences his sentimentalities as mm-hmm. well and, and wh- how he treats people, how he treats himself. But I feel like society just basically t- teaches men that if you're ex- accessing your emotions or crying, you're a bitch. Yeah. And that it's a negative I thing. I still have uncles that, like, they'll see me with my kids. They're like, oh, so, you, so you're raising them gay? And they're like, what? <laughs> how is that? Because he loves his dad because I love him. That's gay? Like, that's... It's just, it's just that old school mentality. <laughs> so like, you're the game. yeah, that's what you're doing. Like, what? Uh, okay. okay. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly what I'm talking about. It's just so, and luckily, I feel like that mentality is, you know, depleting. Yeah. A little. It is. We it, want. I mean, we want men getting, sensitive. I've, yeah. I've I've tried to turn this into a bit, and I've put it into a bit. Like, we want you guys to cry, but just not while you're inside of us. Right. Like, who? Somebody's crying inside of us. <laughs> Because all fits come from truth. Jesse May, is somebody crying? Just, that's a weird, yeah. No, then <laughs> don't cry inside of someone. That's. <laughs> Memoir title number two. <laughs> don't cry inside don't of us. Don't cry inside of us. <laughs> and have you experienced or noticed any negative effects from the lack of connection with your father? For me, yeah. Uh, or do you see something in yourself that you just don't like, or it reminds you of him? Or well, I know I I worked on myself a lot. Um, How so? Well, with my wife, like when we first got married, you know, it was, uh, it was a little rocky just because I, you know, I my father and my mother like they're, they're always your example for anything for relationships, and right. people don't realize that until they start getting into relationships, and you hear the same like, ah, oh, we broke up. She's crazy. I'm like, no, you're. You're sort of attracting something or you're doing yes, something. Yes, exactly. But we don't realize we're repeating certain patterns. Mm-hmm. So when I got married with my wife, we were having, you know, we were a little rocky. And it was, it took her to go, hey, you're not communicating with me. Yeah. And I was just like, what do you, what do you talk about? I communicate. And she goes, no, no, no. Like these issues you have are in your head because you're not telling me what, how you really feel about certain things. Yep. So we're having this trouble. So then going to see somebody to go, oh, that's why my mom and dad always fought because <laughs> he didn't talk. It's so therapy is so deep. I don't talk. Yes, I think I'm talking, but I'm not. Right, you think you're communicating, but you're not. You're communicating yeah. with the tools that you've been taught to communicate with. Yeah, which are like missing 15 essential tools oh, yeah. for communication. Right, that's most people. But that's why, like, it's so funny. Like, you know, we have a lot of male comedian friends, and you hear them talk, and like, oh, I can't, I can't believe this. This chick doesn't understand. The comedy's my, and I was like, but did you tell her that? Yeah, did you explain? Well, when she met me, I was, I was like, no, 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 but no. did you, because women are great at communicating when, when they get into a relationship, like, this is what I expect out of you. Boom, right. boom, 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 boom. Yep. And dudes don't do that, and instead go, oh, how does she not know? I, it just, she should know. She That's, should know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I did this, and doesn't it mean that? It's like, yeah. no, we need clear concise communication yeah and guys are awful at it but because we've learned from our dads who don't shut they're just shut down shut down go to work and then even like they and they learn from their dads they come (laughs) home home don't talk trick-or-treating to the bar take you trick-or-treating to the bar so that's what you learned so when i got married i was like oh i had to learn that and even still now like i'm not saying i'm the greatest at it but there are moments where like my wife's like hey you didn't 
tell me that. I'm like, oh, my fault. That was, See, I see that. I, I have tried to have that conversation with my boyfriend where I'm like, you think you said this uh-huh. or you think you communicated this, but this is right. what you said. Yeah. That, and that's not communicating yeah. to me what uh, you really meant to communicate. And like right. women, I, like you said, I over communicate. Right. Like I'm literally communicating what I'm feeling in my ovaries sometimes, right. like just <laughs> right. on a physical level. <laughs> it's too much, yeah. but I can't help myself. The nature has just given me all of these communication tools and we have to use them. We're, right. we're the ones who grow and raise children. Uh-huh. We have to be able to communicate on multiple levels. I love that you have a whole spread of tools. We, we, <laughs> we have hammer. Like, I don't know why this isn't working. I just, <laughs> you guys have a hammer. I hammered. I don't know what happened. I don't know why she doesn't understand me. And we're like, why don't you understand me? And it's yeah. like, if you look at it from that standpoint, if people who are in relationships and they have struggles with communication, if you look at it as a man coming to a conversation with a hammer mm-hmm. and a woman comes to a conversation with every tool you can, there's a hammer, there's a spatula, you got a broom, Swiffer, Roomba, you got like a, you know, a, a some <laughs> sort of wand. You got I love like your <laughs> lack of tools because you went from hammer to Swiffer. Swiffer, there's a Roomba, <laughs> it was screwdrivers, wrenches, Jesse May knew none of those. I don't know any tools, hacks There's on. napkins. What? You napkins? You, you say napkins? Yeah, you legit went from tool to like cleaning stuff. As you can tell, I, I'm pretty, pretty handy <laughs> in the tool department. We got hacksaws, we got drills, yeah, yeah. hammers, measuring tape. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, I, I, I it's because we see our parents and we don't, we don't know or we don't care to try to expand because it's like oh, it's scary. It is because you it. It forces you to change. Like, you have to change. Right. It forces you to realize that the way you've been doing something hasn't been working. Right. And nobody wants to think or feel that they're failing. Yeah. Or know? to even learn how you, like, females communicate is, is it's intriguing. Because as a man, you don't realize. Like, so we sat down. We had, a, we had a therapist for a while that helped us, you know, taught me how to communicate to her and actually listen to her. Which is like, anytime, anytime a female says something to a dude dude's mindset because he's seen it from his parents go oh, i gotta fix this right now yep and there was times where, like the therapist was like no she she just wants you to listen to her I was like, yes but i could fix it with my hammer <laughs> I was like no hammer. no you can't she just she this is how she feels she just wants you to hear her yeah you just it's, we don't we sometimes we don't need anything <laughs> yeah and, but there dudes are like but i got the <laughs> you don't want me to hammer that i could fix it it's like no <laughs> But so, yeah, so uh, so that I attribute to my father was like where I saw him and those mistakes. I'm like, oh, I need to fix that. Or even the reason why I do stand up today is because I saw him. Uh, you know, I remember him getting together with my uncles and they would, you know, have drinks. And it was always that conversation of, oh, I could have done this in my life. Yeah. If I had just A, B and C. Yep. So when it came to comedy for me, like I really fell in love with comedy. And I remember in college going, oh, I'm going to stop going to college because I need to f- really see if I can do this. Yeah. Because even now to this day, like, I look at my kids and I go, I never want them to look back and go, oh, dad quit. So why should I have to do this? Right, because you're teaching them that. Instead of, instead they're going to go, oh, dad, he went all in. Yeah. And this, he either failed or succeeded, like, but he now he knows whether he had it or not. Yeah. You know? And for you, like doing stand up, because you were doing stand up before your father got sick. Yeah. And with some, with a disease like Parkinson's, um, it's similar to Alzheimer's, where you essentially you kind of have to grieve them while they're alive. Yeah. Yeah, because you, it's not like it was sudden. Like any time I, I talk about them, people, oh, we're so sorry for your loss. Like, no, it was a fifteen year process. Yeah. We saw it happening. Yeah. We knew it was coming. Yeah. You know, it's not easy still, but it's like it's, you know, I, I almost wished it would happen in his sleep. And we did. Oh, what happened? We don't know. Yeah. Instead, we had the. We're, we're, yeah. Like you said, like you're grieving for that period of time. You're sucks. grieving for that period of time. And what what sort of. What helped you. Gri- I'm going to speaking of grieving, I think I might have to murder my dog. Do you want to say any last final words for him? <laughs> At the end is in memory of in Carlin. memory of Carlin Peluso. Carlin, stop! Do you see how I didn't stop anything, Katie? I didn't pause anything. 
She yells at me when I pause stuff. She's like, I can edit. Just fucking don't touch any of the recording. Carlin. Or oh, there's going to be bonus footage. Stop. This will be bonus footage. We'll put this in at the end. Are you fucking done? Watch when I start talking again. He's going to bark. Um, <laughs> I love that I'm you like, yell that I'm like a 50s dad. Is it out of your system? Yeah. I'm like, are you done now? <laughs> you sure you got it all out? <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that I have sort of realized about myself in the whole grieving process mm. is I have over and over done certain things to help me deal with the grief. Right. Like smoking weed. Mm-hmm. I enjoy I enjoy getting high and going on hikes. Okay. So exercise. Um, eating healthy has sort of kept me, right. you know, on the straight and narrow and creating things. Like, right. you know, being creative and staying uh, active and comedy and all of that. But for you, like when you were going through grieving your father while he was still alive, what were some things that you did to sort of deal with that? Well, I did... Uh, you know, stand up was was definitely a big help because, you know, you, we get to go up on stage and sort of like just release whatever that stress is. And that laughter sort of serves as that endorphin and helps you, you know, get through stuff. Um, but I did the same thing where in the sense of like I started eating healthy and started taking better care of myself because, you know, when with Parkinson's, uh, you know, they, it, they there are studies that it can be genetic, which it's terrifying. Which terrifies No me. one wants that test. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Please don't give us any sort of test. Same with Alzheimer's. Like, I don't want to know. Yeah. But then there's also studies that show, you know, trauma to the head. Um, that's why a lot of boxers get it. Yep. And then uh, alcoholism. Mm-hmm. So my father was a big alcoholic. And even towards the end, and this is where some of the resent and anger come from, he didn't really take care of himself. Mm-hmm. Like he sort of just let it go. He let it happen. So that's really frustrating. You know, he stopped working, even though his work knew he was sick. They were like, he can keep coming in. There's always going to be a job from here. But right. for him, it was like, I don't want to be out in public. Woe is me. Mm-hmm. He threw himself a pity party, stopped working Ugh. and just and then once that happened, it happened a lot faster. Right. Because it's almost like his will. Yeah. To live or just fight or to anything. Mm-hmm. He gave up. Yeah. And there's so much to say for, you know, our mental strength and how it can help us persevere through right. hard times. Like I look at somebody like I remember about the time when he was talking about quitting his job. HBO had a documentary came out on Freddie Roach. Freddie Roach has Parkinson's. Who's Freddie Roach? Freddie Roach. Sounds like a like a something like how what my dad how what how my dad would describe <laughs> Spanish people. It's Freddie Roach over here. Oh, uh, here comes another Freddie Roach. <laughs> Freddie Roach, <laughs> my bigot father. Uh, he's actually here in L.A. in West Hollywood. He's got a boxing gym, wild card boxing. Okay. He trains Manny Pacquiao. He wow. trains a ton of different boxers. He's had Parkinson's for a long time. I I, I don't it's such know a the slow burn of I a disease. I don't know the time range of it, but for him, he talks about how. He battles with himself to get out of bed. Oof. So I remember watching this documentary. This guy gets up every morning, two, three mile walk just to get his coffee because that forces him to keep moving. Two, three mile walk back. He still trains boxers to this day. Wow. Puts on the pads and works out with them because for him, he knows if I stop this, it'll it'll get worse faster. Yes. You know? You have to fight. So for me, it was one of those things. It was like, why aren't you fighting this? Like, I, I was like, what? I'll get you a gym membership. We'll go to the gym together. Oh, I can't do all the machines. I was like, nobody does all the machines. Even I, I have the gym membership. Yeah. I don't even People who are on the machines aren't even doing them, yeah. right? <laughs> I was like, just come out. Just walk on the treadmill. Let's just do something. And for him, he didn't do that. So then I started actively going, okay, I'm going to take good care of myself. I'm going to start running. I'm going to start working out. Because again, and now it, even more so, because I got the kids, I don't want them to ever, like, oh, dad's a mess. Yeah. You know, so. Because you're teaching them. Yeah. That you can just, you know, give up and this is an option. Yeah, it's an you're option. You're teaching them that giving up is an option. So it took, it took better care of myself, started eating better, you know, even going on the road, you know, you know avoiding fast foods, going to buy food, putting it in the room. Yep. Uh, just those little things and, you know, traveling more. Because my father's biggest thing was he always wanted to travel, but never, never, never yeah. went anywhere. Did he ever say where he wanted to go? His big place to go was Hawaii. He always like, I, I, I want to go to Hawaii. I heard Have it's beautiful. Been? I've been three times. Wow. Because for me, I was like, why not go? Like, yep. life's, life's not promised. I could tomorrow. And it's a great way to turn your 
it's it's a great way to continue your relationship mm. with your dad. Yeah. By sort of implementing things that he wanted to do or changing your life so that you don't go down the same path, right. even though it's like, you know, a deviation, you're still connected to him through that. Yeah. Through those processes. And don't get me wrong, that first Hawaii trip, it was ugly crying on the beach. I'm sure <laughs> people were like, what is wrong with this guy? Was he had already, already passed? Yeah, he had already passed. And oh. I was just like... It was awful. How was, soon did you go to Hawaii after he had passed? It was maybe the following year. Wow. We went to Maui, and it was gorgeous. <laughs> and I was like, it is, it's beautiful. And then just, <laughs> just looking out through the water at all hit, and I was like, why did I do this to myself? Uh, Were you with your wife? Yeah. Your family? Yeah, she, I was with my wife. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get my mother out there uh, this upcoming year. Like, you know, Get her plane to right because uh, we were waiting till the little one was old enough to he could do stuff and that's cathartic yeah. though to yeah you gotta ugly cry oh yeah and, and that's the other thing about dudes and I feel like where you guys are um, it's an unfair advantage for women when it comes to grief is society expects women to cry in yeah. line at the grocery store right right you dudes just look like pussies yeah to a lot of people <laughs> you know that's like the the stigma in society yeah. which is it's just so ridiculous. Every single person, for the most part, we're born crying. Right. That's one of the first noises we make. Yeah. So I just think it's so peculiar that when it happens as an adult, which, hello, we have more shit to cry about. Right. (laughs) Bills, our inability to pay, you know, we can't do this because you got to work or someone gets sick. I mean, th- every day there's a new reason to cry as an adult, but yeah. society's like, Shh, you keep that shit at home. And I'm, yeah. fuck you. Yeah. I'm going to let it out in this goddamn Marshall's <laughs> fitting room if I fucking want to, Cheryl. Now go get me a small. Because <laughs> my dad is dead. <laughs> he would have wanted it. <laughs> What's wrong with her? <laughs> I have a really um, t- tough question. It may mm. be rude, but you know I love you. No, go ahead. Do you think that because of your quote unquote lack of depth within your relationship with your father, mm-hmm. it was easier dealing with him passing and easier dealing with him with the illness because uh-huh. it wasn't a huge bond. Uh, I think it helped. I think what also helped was uh, I kicked into, I have to take care of my mother mode, mm. you know? So I didn't, like I saw how uh, how much of a mess she was when it happened, and you know she went through a lot. Like my mother, uh, you know, fifteen years taking care of my father, just through it all. And that's caregiving not- is so people don't understand unless you've done it. Uh-huh. I didn't mean to cut you no, off, no, but no. I really want to make this point yeah. because I went through it as well, just in a small scale. My sister went through it on an enormous scale, and your mother. Mm-hmm. If you being a caretaker as a career is is such an honorable job because right. it's literally you're not doing it. It's a thankless job. Yeah. People are doing it usually because they really care about right. people. And then you throw in the factor that it's someone you love, like your mother taking yeah. care of your father. Nobody knows the emotional toll that takes on a human right. unless you've done it. It is one of the hardest oh, yeah. things you can do, and it breaks so many people financially and emotionally. Right. So, so now I'm going to double down on this. My oh mother God. had to go through that with her father. Oh, he had Parkinson's as well. Oh fuck! Yeah, so I want to, I want to hug your mom. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is how bad it was. Like, so when my father got sick, I remember I talked to her, and I remember my father's brother, my uncle, talked to her, and we were both, we both sat her down, and we're like, listen, if you want to go, no one's gonna judge you, no one's gonna be upset, no one's gonna hold it against you. We get it. Because she had just gone, like, she'd done it with her father. If, like, if she didn't want to, you guys would have understood. We would have understood. If yeah. you want to put him somewhere in a, a facility, no one's going to be mad at you. Because her thing was, like, she felt guilty and everyone's going to hate me. I was like, Ugh. no, you you had to do it with your father. This Now you're doubling down. Not to mention, you know. How, this how is many a, years with her father? It was a, it was about 15, Jeez. same year. Your same mother's thing. a saint. She's a fucking saint. Yeah. So, and then on top of it, like, now it's your husband, who you love. And who doesn't communicate and tell who, you? Yeah, who you really don't know. Yeah, who, who, who like is not going to give you that thank you at the end. He's just going to who took your kid to scooters yeah. on Halloween <laughs> and got him drunk. So I uh, yeah, like for me, once once he passed, like you know, it's a long time coming, and you're like, you know, he's finally at peace. Like towards, towards the end, he he started getting bouts of dementia, and you know, you could tell his body shutting down, and it's not. It's not enjoyable. It's like, a brutal thing to watch. It is. So you're like, oh, now he's in a better place. And, you know, I guess 
since we didn't have that bond, it didn't really break me as much as, you know, like my little sister who him and her were. Had that different had relationship. That, had that different relationship. She knew him on a different level. So I kick into, oh, I got to take care of them right now yeah. because they're a mess, you know, and I have to help, you know, communicate. Because like even during the funeral, like I remember I was the guy telling people where to go because they couldn't. Like, any- were you like on the tarmac? You're yeah, like- <laughs> just not right there. So, but, you know, like anytime like they, anyone even asked my mother a question, she'd just start hysterically crying. Yeah. Like no matter what, it was like, oh, Good night. What about this weather? And it's like, I'll answer all questions. <laughs> I'm the guy. Please, please send <laughs> yeah. all questions to yeah. me. And so you had to do the eulogy. I, I didn't. You didn't? No. So what happened? So Because your mother asked you to. She had asked me to, but then the day of, uh, you know, they had uh, the pastor. He, he spoke and said a few words. And then at the funeral, when they were supposed to do it, she ended up just doing a flower ceremony where they everyone got to throw flowers. On the and grave. no one said anything. Which is, Wow. Yeah. So similar to your dad. Yeah. <laughs> it <was> just, <laughs> said something about the Knicks. <laughs> great team this year. It would have been a great eulogy if you yeah. guys. Guys, yeah. how about those Knicks? Yeah. Did we watch a game last night? Yeah. Anyways, I think it's going to be sunny today. Yeah. <laughs> have a good Let one. Let me get your mother. Yeah. <laughs> You're Let like, me Let me get my mom and yeah. then you leave. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, but then afterwards we did have a dinner where it was, uh, you know, a smaller group, close friends, and we all got to say what we remembered about them, which was nice. Yeah. But the day of the funeral, we didn't know one. Cause also with my family, there's always drama. Like we're not talking to so-and-so and they were there and <laughs> like, so it was just a whole thing. I love inner family drama. Oh yeah. I love like all the little details of like, oh, she's such a whore. Did you hear what happens? It's like, yeah. you're, it's like, that's aunt Joan. Yeah. Can you like, believe she's Jesus. here? I was like, it's a funeral. Yeah. <laughs> it's a funeral. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. At my my dad's funeral my i have like so many crazy cousins as we all do mm. uh one of my cousins comes up to me and just makes a comment about how i look uh-huh you know i guess i looked a certain way okay you know she was like um just sort of like talking shit about what i was wearing and uh-huh. i just was like hey fuck off right it's, funerals are a great place uh-huh. where you can't get in trouble for being right. rude if you're the daughter of someone who died yeah. Like if that's your dad or your but loved one, the, uh, you can like totally. Were you unleash. wearing something uh, dark? No, colors? she just was like talking shit. She, Unless you're wearing a shirt, just like meet the man, the legend. Yeah, like, right. it's something ridiculous. <laughs> Let's say I have like one of those like Halloween t-shirts where it's just like a bikini. Yeah. It's like the shirt is like me on the beach, or or the I'm with stupid and you're standing by the casket. You're like, hey guys, like what do you? No, or I'm in my sexy baby costume. <laughs> yeah. like then, I was in a black sweater and pants, and yeah. I don't I don't know what it was, but. I just, I just was like, fuck you. So yeah. it's like all this quiet, like mourning uh-huh. people being, you know, respectful of my father who was in this urn. And then through the quiet, you just hear me go, fuck you. Oh God. <laughs> I hate, I hated the whole funeral process. Cause Isn't everybody, it so stupid? First of all, everybody wants to give you some kind of like meaningful movie oh, speech. Fuck. <laughs> right? Like I, 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 I saw the. They do. Every it it always does the same. It's always like hand on shoulder. I'm yes. so sorry. Oh. Head tilt. Oh, and it's just you know life is a circle. And you're like, get the what? Are you giving me your Oscar speech? Get out of here! I don't want it. Just say sorry. Move on. That's all. That's all I want. Life is a circle. Everyone had a speech ready to go. You could see it. The bullets in the chamber, and they're all ready to just hit you with it. It really, and it's like this. This is not. This is for you. Like I don't yeah. need this. Yeah. I don't need your Oscar <laughs> speech. Yeah. And also, I didn't like the receiving line. Right. I did not want to be in the receiving no. line. I didn't want to. I, I felt like you know. I was like, why do we have to do this? Why do we have to stand up here? Why do I need to shake the hand of my dad's childhood friend, whom I've never met, and I'm not right. even sure if this guy knows my dad. I think he right. just wants free cookies. <laughs> right. I think this guy just wandered in off the fucking streets <laughs> yeah. and wants some hot coffee and cookies. I don't know this guy. Yeah. Why do I have to let him kiss my cheek yeah. and tell me some story, yeah. some <laughs> anecdote about the circle of life? You know, with every end, there's a new beginning. <laughs> what? Get out! Just move it. Speed it. Beat it. I don't want <laughs> it. Tilt. Yeah. Head tilt, hand on shoulder. That's it was always What's see the hand on the shoulder I could take, but the head tilt, you're like, ah oh, fuck. Like here it here comes. We go. Here it comes. And you know he practiced that speech. He looked in the mirror that morning, practiced it once in the car. He's like, you know what? I got it. I got I got uh, it. I got it. I'm gonna Google I'm gonna Google the famous Roman philosopher Lucius Cadius. Yeah, yeah I, I got it. I got it. Oh yeah, what, what did he say in Rocky? I'm gonna I'm gonna throw that in there. <laughs> what was it that uh Tom Hanks said at the end of Castaway? Yeah. 
I'm going to throw that in I'm the throw line. That in, yeah. But I don't want to be in the line. And I had an argument with my mom. She's like, get in the line. I'm like, why do I have to be in this line? She's like, because it's tradition. Right. Like, who's tradition? Right, right. And like, her boyfriend at that time, Bob, the, the gimp that he was, he's <laughs> in the line. He barely even knew my dad. If Bob can be there, then the whole logic of the line is thrown out the window. Yeah. If Gimpy Bob is in line, who <laughs> wasn't even Bob. related to dad, I'm not standing in it. Yeah. And so I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to be forced into these feigned conversations. Yeah. That it's just it it it's exhausting. Yeah. Like the funeral process is fucking exhausting. It's all. It's almost all fake because guess what? Guess how many of those people call me to this day yeah. to give me that speech? No None. one. They're all, yeah, just that day. That's the interesting thing about death is it really sort of cleans out. It's like spring cleaning for your friend group. Yeah. You really realize. They all, they all offer you the same thing too, if you need anything. Yeah. Just then, all right, like I'm going to start calling in those favors. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Can you bring my dad back? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you know a good resurrector in yeah. town? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how to bring people back from the dead? No? Mm, I'm good then. Do you know how to like maybe communicate? Can you imagine? Yeah. Oh, my God. I just thought of the funniest joke for you yeah. her premise can you imagine if you went to a medium to connect with your dad what would he even yeah. say to you yeah, she's looking at crystal ball like is this something about the knicks are they are they not good this year ah oh, that that is him that would be funny she's like i i, I think i i think i have peter on the line yeah. uh, he's saying something about a cold front yeah <laughs> it's chilly <laughs> oh, okay that would be funny. I, th- I really think you need to put that into yeah. your set. I would, I would just for me, yeah. just for me. <laughs> my luck, if I like connected with my dad, it would just be a smell. It just would be a fart smell. Yeah. He wouldn't say anything. It would just be like yeah. an overwhelming fart cloud yeah. that would come into the room. Either that, or the medium would just start getting hit on. He's saying a nice, nice boobs, huh? <laughs> nice kajakers. Kajakers. He says, he's asking me what I'm up to. Not even you. Hold on. Yeah, he just is flirting <laughs> yeah. with the medium. <laughs> he said, how oh you doing? God. That's weird. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, so for our listeners who have gone through the, who are in the Dead Dads Club, which since I've started sharing mm-hmm. stories about my father, there are a lot of people yeah. in the Dead Dads Club. So we've talked about it a little bit. Uh, what are a few things maybe tips that you can give to people who are going through either caregiving someone who's passing somebody's terminal or the grief process. What are a couple things that have kept you level headed that you can sort of just like list off that you think have helped you deal with grieving? Well, I can't, I can't tell everyone to do stand up. (laughs) (laughs) You can just do stand up. Uh, but performing creative before I, I i would say talking about it just because i feel like a lot of times you we 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 shut down and we section that off like i yeah i had the the ability to do stand up and talk about mm-hmm. it but just talking about it in general helps you sort of process what's happening right like you know the first couple times i got up on stage trying to talk about it like yeah i i, I, st- I, I could feel the tears like ah oh, never mind i'm bailing <laughs> we on talked this. about that yeah. last time nah. we're like okay i'm not ready <laughs> But once I started talking about it, like you start finding out, like you, like you said, you know, you're talking about it and you're starting to find other people that are going through it. Because sometimes we feel like, oh, I'm going through this shit. I'm alone. alone. I'm all alone mm-hmm. going through this. Yep. But once you start talking about it, somebody out of, oh, guess what? My dad passed too. It's yep. like, oh, cool. So now you don't feel like you're in this alone and you're talking about it and you're feeling better because you're, 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 you're processing it. Yep. Like, you're that's connecting. A, that's a way of connecting and processing. Yep. Yeah. So like yeah, just talk about it. Like, I'm not saying go to the supermarket and right. drop it on the lady. <laughs> How's your day going? Not good. My dad's dying. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you want paper or plastic? I don't know. <laughs> I'm like I just can't. I just can't handle this. And the woman who's massaging me is like, "Can you please stop crying? <laughs> I've got a long line. Can you? <laughs> Can we wrap this yeah. up?" <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, don't don't shut people down. Like you know, you we have those friends. You know, you try to surround yourself with friends and good people and talk about it. Yeah, because it helps. It's okay to talk about it. And it's okay to cry about it. It is. Go ugly, cry on the Even beach. Even guys, go. <laughs> no one's gonna go to Hawaii and yeah. ugly cry on the beach. Exactly. <laughs> You're amazing, Eric. I'm glad that you came back. I was excited to talk because I knew you would be open to going yeah. into this the depths of of grief and and despair and losing your father. Where can my amazing Amazing followers find you. Find me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Eric Rivera, E-R-I-K, 
Rivera. And uh, yeah, I got a bunch of HBO. Cool HBO is coming out November the Latin- 1st. Latino special, right? A half hour special coming out uh, November 1st. Uh, if you follow me, I'm going to be doing some cool giveaways yes. leading up to it. I know HBO gave me a bunch of gift cards. And oh, stuff, that's so. awesome. So, yeah, you don't have to steal a password. <laughs> I, I got one for you. I got one for you. I got one for you. And what about your website? Uh, EricRivera.com. E-R-I-K Rivera.com. Dead Dad's Club. Dead Dad's Club. Love you. Thank you. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.